Welcome to the St Albans podcast, bringing you news, views and reviews for the city and district of St Albans. In association with the Hearts Advertiser. Welcome along to another edition of the St Albans podcast with me, Danny Smith, on the show uh, this time around. We will be hearing from Peter, who is trying to set up uh, the St Albans land train. We'll be finding out more about that a bit later. Also, we'll have the latest from Anna from Communities First about volunteering in our area. Before all of that, though, let's go straight to the dynamic duo of Laura Bill and Matt Adams from the Hearts Advertiser. Hello there. Hello. Hello. So, uh, what's, what's occurring? What's going on in the news this week? Right, well, we start off with the news that uh, St Albans Bid, the Business Improvement District, which is the not-for-profit organisation that represents city centre businesses, that's been given um, the nod for another five years. Wow, has it? Yeah, so basically all the local businesses that have, that have to pay money towards it, they all got a share of, of votes, so it was worked out on their um, floor space, I think, something like that. So Marks and Spencer's, for example, got more votes than... Um, somewhere small jigsaw and um it's uh, yeah so it's actually got um had 95 votes for and 50 against which uh sounds quite a you know a strong recommendation but actually only uh the, the turnout was only 32.2 percent which is quite low it's always difficult isn't it that when when something when there's any kind of votes and there's a really low turnout People always say, "Well, it's not really decisive, is it?" But but that, Brexit. But, well, <laughs> well, didn't Brexit have a fairly good turnout? No, don't know. Wasn't but, that high? But certainly, you know, sometimes like we've had elections where there've been really low turnout, and then people complain about the outcome. But but that's, I guess, that, unfortunately, that's the democracy for you, isn't it? That they all have a chance to vote. But do, do we know the reasons why, or, or is there any sort of? No, I tried to sort of gauge opinion ahead of the um, the ballots by contacting loads of independent retailers um to see how they were going to vote and these are what these are places that normally engage with us and talk to us about you know what they think about stuff going on and none of them got back to me and so i chased them and none of them got back to me apart from then the only ones i got were a few from bid directors who were all in favor obviously yeah like uh, Gallo and Leafy and places like that it's great news isn't it well turkeys aren't going to vote for christmas are they um (laughs) but um but am I right in thinking that uh, a lot of the larger, like the, the, the chain stores and things, probably don't care? And, I think and a lot of them just part of their vote, budget, are they... quite in favour of and they just vote yes wherever they are. But if there's a bid, someone like um, Marks and Spencer will vote in favour of it. It's just, I think it's standard company policy. Right. Um, but, but the council have a large um, amount of votes as well because they've got places like the museum and the civic centre and stuff mm. like that, so... Okay, so here we go. But it's I'm you know I was also trying to find out what they're going to be doing now because you know they stuck up some Christmas lights and did a few other bits. Yeah. Over so the last so few they've months. got a so, so they've got it for another five years, haven't they? Yeah, uh, and and so yeah, have have we? Do we know anything of their plans for the next five? Just that they are um, focusing on delivering their vision to support a commercial, vibrant, thriving, sustainable, and resilient St Albans. Which yeah, that's what you're supposed to do. <laughs> And want the specifics, but we haven't got any specifics yet. Right, so at the moment we've basically got a bit of nice guff, but we've yeah. got no actual detail as to exactly. what they're looking to do next. Exactly. Maybe they're really surprised that they, they could be. Got, could they be. haven't had time to prepare 
Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it did seem beforehand for, from hearing from various people in the community that it did seem a bit it, like it could go either way. So, I yeah, thought maybe. it would. I thought it was. It would be a lot closer than that. But I guess when you got talking small numbers, then it's the you know the the difference could be easily skewed. Mm. But now that now that they have got um, a, sort of the the remit for another five years, that perhaps yeah that they're going to go away. They're going to meet up. They're going to come up with perhaps a bit more meat to put on those bones that they've they've thrown out so far. Yeah, definitely. Okay. Well, anyway, uh, well, well, well done though to the St Albans bid. I think. Yeah, yeah. Thumbs up. <laughs> and uh, and and of course, the Hearts Advertiser will be the first place to look to find out what's what's happening with that and with with everything else as well that's worth reporting in the local area. And we'll have more from Laura and Matt a bit later. <laughs> Joining me now on the St Albans podcast is Anna from Communities First. Uh, hello, Anna. Hi, Denny. Hi. So um, let's start off with a little bit of a recap as to what uh, Communities First is, what it is that you guys do. Yeah, so we deliver lots of services within Hearts and St Albans um, to help local community and the community and voluntary sector. Um, we have our volunteer centre, which provides a range of exciting and op- interesting opportunities for people in St Albans, Hartsmere, but also now in Broxbourne and East Hearts also. Um, How do also- people access that? So they can go to our website, which is www.communitiesfirst.org.uk and there is a volunteering and volunteer centre section on our website. If you click on those, you can actually see all the opportunities that we have available. Um, But we also run Able to Enable, which is a project to help those that have barriers to get into volunteering, um, overcome those barriers and um, work to find a voluntary position. Um, It's about breaking down barriers such as lack of confidence in how to apply, um or disabilities and people can come and see me at Westminster Lodge in St Albans on every Wednesday from next week um so that'll be the 16th okay and what time I will be there nine till five so wow full day full that day you bring your sandwiches yeah <laughs> exactly um Fortunately, we'll be in the cafe area. So if anyone wants to come find us, come to the cafe Oh, area. in that case, don't bring your sandwiches. They may not be too happy about that. Um, <laughs> so so that's every Wednesday from the uh, 16th of February. Yes. From 9am to 5pm in um, in Westminster Lodge. And and that's what, for anybody who in particular has some kind of barrier that they, they see as, as a barrier to volunteering? Yeah, so if you want to volunteer but you just don't know how to get started or where to look or how to apply or you lack confidence or you don't think you have the skills anyone can volunteer and it's open to everyone and we believe that we can support an individual to find the right volunteering opportunity for them um, and help them develop confidence and skills along the way Okay, and and um, have you helped a lot of people so far? Um, we've had we've 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 had about um, ten people sign up um, 
which doesn't sound like a lot, but considering we're very, it's a very new project and a lot of it is promotion and getting it out there, we are happy with, um, because it takes, some people might need support every week and other people might just need a couple of sessions um, to support. And um, now, obviously, you can't go into detail here, but but um, can you give us an idea of, of perhaps some of the bigger um, barriers that you've helped to overcome? Because there might be people listening thinking, yeah, I, I'd like to do this, but but I really can't. And, and you know, I, the, the problems I face are just too much. Um, and, and I'm guessing the answer is, is that they're probably not too much that you probably can help. But can you give us an idea of the sort of thing you've helped people overcome? Um, yeah, so without going into details, obviously, we've helped people with a lot of mental health challenges that have prevented them from having the confidence in their own ability to volunteer. Literally come in and said, I don't think I can do that. Um, have had zero confidence um, to the point that they might not even like going outside on their own. Um, and slowly we are working towards setting goals and overcoming obstacles. We work in, I work in a very um, holistic way that allows people to develop and set goals. So we do an activity called Building a Bridge. And the idea of the bridge is you don't have to have the whole bridge. You only need to take one or two steps at a time. So you build your steps and set your goals until you've built your bridge to volunteering or to your end goal. And we work on a step-by-step approach, looking at what steps we can take such as, okay, so how can we manage the anxiety you feel about coming out into a volunteering position? Or how do we... um, get you so you're able to fill in an application form. Um, And we do it step by step, going back to the very basic level um, to overcome any barriers. Okay. Um, And and, uh, your website is a great place for people to go as well and have a look at uh, at what it is you do, what it is you offer, what's available. And that's Communities First, and that's Communities 1ST communitiesfirst.org.uk the link is in the description of this podcast episode right now and also on our website at stalbanspodcast.com and we'll have more from Anna in a moment Hi, I'm Chris Aikman. Join me, local author Howard Linsky, and St Albans podcast producer Sam Rolfe for this St Albans Film Guide. Each week, one of us will guide you through the new releases at the cinema and on streaming services. We'll also give you our choice of the best films to watch on UK free-to-air TV for the forthcoming week. So if you're a film lover, join us for a chat about all things movie-related every week as part of the St Albans podcast. New episodes will be released every Friday morning. For more information, visit stalbanspodcast.com or find us where any good podcasts are found. Joining me now on the St Albans podcast is a locally based award-winning social entrepreneur, Peter Kelleher. Uh, hello, Peter. Hi, Danny. How are you doing? Hi. Uh, no one cares. Don't let people ask that. <laughs> so, Peter, you're here to talk about the St Albans land train. Uh, so my very first question, which you anticipated before we even started, what is a land train? 
Well, a land train, I think um, your listeners may have uh, seen these things on holiday, either in the UK or abroad. Um, essentially, it's a little um, van that uh, tows a couple of trailers. Um, it looks like a train, and, and, the, and the trailers look like carriages. And it sort of tootles around tourist attractions, um, giving sort of young and older like a, a, a sort of a ride around. Okay. And these things, they're not particularly fast, are they? No, they're not. They're, um, they're actually, they're speed limited to 10 miles an hour. Okay. Uh, just to prevent any uh, difficulties arising, shall we say. And they have a, a braking system like an HGV. So if the brakes fail, they go on. Right. Is it anything like the one over in whatever they call the Harlequin Centre now? Because there's one in there that, that I once uh, went on with a, with a small child. And, uh, and that sort of... It's, I don't know if it even got as high as 10 miles an hour, but it, it sort of drove all the way around the, 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 the one level of the, uh, the shopping centre. And, uh, and yeah, th- there, was, there was like a trailer, a powered thing at the front and then carriages behind it. And we were, we were in one of the carriages. That's, type, that's the type of thing. But it's um, a road going one is bigger, essentially. Right. Yeah, and um, more robust. And uh, as you'd expect, is taxed and MOT'd and insured. You know? uh, okay. So, so, so you're looking to, to bring one of these to St Albans. Uh, whereabouts are you envision, envisioning it to operate? If that's the, the way of putting that. Yeah. Um, so we're hoping, and it is a hope, that um, we can operate around the city centre um, we think St Albans has got a fantastic history uh, and fantastic leisure uh, pursuits and visitor attractions, but they're not joined up. And I think um, particularly if you're uh, infirm or you have trouble walking or perhaps in a wheelchair, uh, as we know, St Albans is, uh, can be pretty steep uh, when you're going uphill. And um, so it's just another way to see St Albans um, and sort of view the leisure and his- history that we've got here. Um, and and bring more people into the city centre, really. Okay, so if it goes according to plan, where would it start from and where would it go past and where would it finish? Would it be a circular thing or would there be a start and a finish point? Um, it would be a circular thing. Um, the We're still discussing the route at the moment, um, but as you'd expect, it would go past all the main landmarks and, and, and try and draw them all together in a, in a circular tour. So, so are we talking about just up in and around St. Peter's Street? Or are you, to, are you thinking uh, the, the Abbey, the, the Verulamian Park, uh, Westminster Lodge, or, or is any any and all of that? Yeah, all of those. And, um, you know, on a tour that would perhaps take half an hour, 40 minutes uh, on, a, on a little train. Um, you know, we're at the very early stages. Um, we need to work with a load of local stakeholders uh, to, to make it happen. Um, we think that... Um, we think it's a good idea. We think a, a train, or we've been advised a train can cope with the, the hilly terrain. Um, and um, we popped out, um, just around Christmas, we popped out a survey on some local Facebook groups to see whether the, the idea had legs, really, and it had a very strong response, okay. um, I'm pleased to say. Uh, mostly supportive, although some, you know, did raise genuine concerns about the traffic uh, already. And uh, but. Do you have any sort of thoughts on what sort of impact that would have? Because I mentioned this to a friend and they went, oh, great. That's all we need going up Hollywell Hill to be stuck behind that. But the speeds I've ever driven up Hollywell Hill, I don't think that would slow it down. Well, that was my uh, thought was, you know, if you can get up to 10 miles an hour in St. Auburn City Centre during the day, you know, you're doing quite well, quite frankly. I mean, and we'd we'd look to go down Hollywell Hill rather than up it. So uh, apart from anything else. But um, you know, the route's still in discussion at the moment. Um, we need to work with a load of local stakeholders to uh, make it happen. There's loads of obstacles to overcome. But I think people, you know, we've had a, all had a really difficult couple of years, haven't we? 
um, and we just need a bit of fun, quite frankly. Do, do you have a particular place in mind where this would, where you would sort of get on and get off, or, or, or is that all up for discussion as well? It's up for discussion. I mean, my initial uh, thought uh, with my colleagues who I'm working on this uh, was outside the museum in St Peter Street. It's, you've got that lay-by for buses and coaches. Um, that everybody parks in at the moment, um, but um, that would be a great um, place to 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 park and, and get people on and off, uh, right outside the museum, you know, right in the heart of St Albans, um, and so yeah, we think that would be a good spot. But equally, you know, we we need permission to do that, and we've got a long long journey ahead of us. Okay, so you mentioned that a couple of times uh, we. So so you've got a team. Who who is your team? Who's operating this? And and what what brought you together to do this? Yeah, so well, I mean. We've had the idea as a family for many years on holiday. We just got, you know, you jump on the little tourist land train and go around and see what's what, and then you can go back to whatever's going on. And um, we came up with the initial idea, and it's been on the back burner for a couple of years uh, with my kids, you know, just on holidays. But um, we had, um, uh, or we came across a funding stream from the National Lottery um, Queen's Platinum Jubilee Fund. And so they're looking for things to mark Her Majesty's Platinum Jubilee. Um, we thought this was. Um, a fitting way to do it because it would last for generations if it goes well um, it wouldn't just be a something that's celebrated for a long weekend and then disappear it'd be something that would um, you know last me if you know a, a fitting legacy you know as we know she's got young grandchildren um, you know she'd find it fun I'm sure if she if Her Majesty decided to come along uh, when it was operating so um, I got together with a couple of friends from uh, from local church I go to funnily enough um, Valerie Harden and Mark Jules and um, what church is that give it a plug yeah Marshallswick Baptist Free Church um, just up in Marshallswick around the quadrant there um, and um, I, I, you know I know them very well I trust them um, I, I've set up various projects over the years and, and run small businesses and all that sort of thing over 25-30 years so um, very used to setting up projects but um, thinking about what I needed to get this one off the ground uh, I thought well what do I need I need somebody who's uh, Good with the money side of things, so that's Valerie. She's an accountant, um, and I'm no good with that sort of thing at all. So, uh, needed somebody to look after the financials. Um, and my friend Mark, he's a former um, police operations commander, uh, firearms, and all that sort of thing. So, in terms of safety, risk managing, all that sort of stuff, contingencies, um, you know, he's your man. Uh, whereas I'm more strategy, I guess, and chatting to people and, and all that side of thing. So, we've set up uh, the three of us have set up a little not for profit um, company to bid in for the um, lottery funding. And um, as soon as we get a decision, we'll be able to you know, press the go button and start um, getting it sorted if we can. Um, you just mentioned there, not-for-profit. How important was it that, that you did this in a not-for-profit way? Yeah, so I, over the years, I've uh, you know had pro- four profit companies. I've, I've been involved in um, community interest companies, um, done work with charities before and all that sort of thing. Um, I currently run my own social enterprise. Um, but we wanted to, to give something back to the people of St Albans. Um, we all, we've all lived here and, and brought up our families here, really, you know, for many years. And so we're very keen to see the city centre thrive, really. And um, we want people to have a bit of fun. You know, um, yes, we've got to celebrate the Queen's Jubilee. Um, there's no, I know there's a range of things being planned for that. And this is not kind of like jumping on the back of that, but it's an opportunity for, for us to bring this idea to fruition. Okay, um, so when are you hoping this will launch? Well, Manchester's um, Platinum Jubilee weekend is uh, around the early start of June, and we've got a penciled in date of around the 30th of May. Um, and so it's a tight time scale. We're still waiting a funding decision. Um, as soon as we get that, we can then really go to town in terms of consulting with stakeholders and um, getting routes 
properly organised. We have to get permission from the uh, police, the council, all these people. So, uh, and others, we have to get, you know, staff and, well, we have to get a land train as well, of, of course, would be a <laughs> critical part of all that. Um, and get all the policies and procedures and safety procedures in place and all that sort of thing, uh, ticketing, whole range of things to be done. We've got a great big long list, um, but there's, there's uh, you, you know, little point getting right into the detail mm. um, and, until we get that uh, go decision have you um, have you looked elsewhere have you seen are, are there examples of this operating in other places that that you think oh we can learn from how they've done it yeah so there's a range uh, it's around uh, 10 or a dozen uh, at least in the UK at the moment that I'm aware of and um, they all have slightly different quirks and slight, they're, they're around for slightly different reasons so some will be on uh, private ground uh, as a result of um uh, being a, a, an added attraction to that visitor attraction, whatever that is. Um, some will go, I mean, there's one down in Bournemouth, I think, if I remember rightly, uh, it just goes along the, the seafront there. Um, there's others as well. It's, it's similar to, you know, the trams in Blackpool or something like that. It's just a sort of little circular route and, um, you know, goes around and, 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 and showcases, that, you know, the main uh, tourist and leisure and historic attractions that, we, that we're, you know, very lucky to have here. Uh, but but unlike those things, it doesn't need uh, special um, rails on the road. It, it is one that just drives, isn't it? Essentially, it's 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 a it's a so-called train on a van chassis um, with with some trailers. Essentially, so yes, yeah, it's got wheels. It drives. It looks like a train. Sounds like a train. Right. But uh, it, it's got wheels. You drive it on the road. Well, when people to get confused into thinking it was some sort of tram and they're thinking, you know, imagining like roadworks to kind of put in rails or anything. Absolutely like no, no, no. It will be uh, very much out of the way and 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 toodling along. In the traffic okay that we all enjoy assuming as i think it's probably relatively safe to assume that listeners think this is a great idea how can people get involved or support it or what 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 are you looking for from from locals at the moment is there any help or support that, that you're looking for that they can um they can sort of pitch in with um obviously we you know want people to talk start talking about it um and and getting the idea off the ground if we can um you know, um, St Albans Business Improvement District have been very f- uh, favourable in the conversations I've had with them. Uh, and obviously, we've just had their result in, haven't we, uh, just recently? So that's. Yes, we've reported on this. In fact, I'm not quite sure where this interview falls in this episode, but if we haven't yet, we're about to report on the fact that they've just been given five more years. Yeah, so that's great. And I think, um, you know, they've been very uh, supportive of the idea, but of course, they were in. Uh, limbo almost awaiting the the result of the bid uh, election so um so that's great so we can really kick off with them now and um and get talking to um, all the local businesses and uh, the council and the stakeholders you know the abbey um you know a whole range of people around st albans that we need to speak to and we're just cranking that up okay as we speak and where can people find out more or or in some way register their support is there you're laughing is there any kind of uh, facebook page uh, website or anything like that at the moment um, there is actually a facebook page um which is uh, st albans land train which i haven't um I've set up and done nothing with it at the moment because we're in it's all in the background but as as I get home I will publish it and it will become available um and so uh, that's so, the only place so the by the time the listener listens to this and they click on the link that we'll put into our description of our of this podcast episode there might be something there is that how quickly you think that might be or if I can remember how to do it yes <laughs> 
not, not being technologically gifted, Danny. Uh, I have these challenges from time to time. And uh, as, as we were chatting about, I'm in the middle of a house building project as well at the moment, just to make it like life interesting. I had rain coming through four ceilings on Sunday morning. Oh, no. so, so that was great. But um, yeah, so that um, we haven't got a website live at, at the moment or anything like that. It's too early for that. And we're still at the very, very early stages of this. Um, but I will get the Facebook page live and we'll sit, uh, just to uh, keep people updated about our progress. Uh, and if people want to express their support on that with likes and follows, that would be absolutely fantastic. Okay, great. Uh, and Peter, finally, will you keep us will you keep us informed of what's happening as well? Would you perhaps come back on when, when you've got more to report about how this is going? Yes, I'd love to. I mean, we had a, a board meeting yesterday, board meeting, three of us around my kitchen table no, drinking, no, 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 drinking tea no 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 but, you uh, make it sound as, as, as grand as you can you know so no. so your executive level board meeting yeah uh, yeah yeah right we had some tea and you know i didn't even have any biscuits you know times are hard now, <laughs> but uh no we're so we're, yeah we'd be love to come back on danny at some stage and um you know keep keep you updated with different milestones you know i, I want to get out into the um the local community local business community and um you know, make sure everybody's happy. We, we're co-creating this really with the people of St Albans. We've got some great feedback from the survey that went out on Facebook and um, some great ideas. We had covered off most of the places where we thought people would want to visit, but a couple of good suggestions came in and some great stuff about how we involve young people in this as well. You know, there's a whole range of things surrounding this as well. So Okay. Well, yeah, we look forward to you coming back and telling us more about, about this great new project. Uh, thank you to uh, Peter Kelleher from St Albans Land Train. We are back with Laura and Matt. What's next? Right. Well, contrary to what may be reported in many national and international media, the oldie fighting Cox is not closing its doors for good. However, the current uh, leaseholders have uh, the leaseholder company, which is um, YOFC Limited, has gone into administration. Um, which means the current landlord, uh, Christo Tufali, will no longer be running the pub. That's a real sort of fact-checking exercise there because um, what we've seen over the last week is people saying, you know, the, the England's oldest pub is shutting its doors and it's closing down. The, the actual building is owned by um, Mitchell and Butler, mm. the brewery, um, who own, like, the King Will and the King Harry. I think it's both the Kings. Anyway, but but yeah, they're a large pub chain, aren't they? They are, and you know, although the current business is has been struggling since before the pandemic with the rise in business rates and everything, they're not going to let that building just fall into rack and ruin. They will put someone else in, and it will continue operating as a pub. So they've specifically <coughs> said, have they, the brewery that they're not going to put it up for sale for flats or anything? You, yeah, but it's a listed building. You can't do anything like that. You can't touch it, basically. Yeah, okay. They, am am I right in thinking <coughs> that in, in Christo, the landlord's um, statement that he made, he actually said that it's going back to the brewery and they will find someone else. I, I think he might have even said that in his original uh, statement that you yeah, reported Yeah, I think on. it might be. Yeah, you know, he's... So it's closed at the moment, <coughs> but that's a temporary thing. And, and the, the, there's no way that the, the brewery will let that sit empty for long. They will get someone else in and they will... They will it will reopen mm. at some point. And hopefully it won't be too long, but but we don't know, I suppose, at this stage. But how... how right, so uh, it's really sad for Christo. And what happens? So he goes and then suddenly somebody else is going to... What? Well, Mir- before miracles that Chris well the thing is it, or- see, he, I mean Chris had a particular vision for that pub and you know the, he spent a lot on different things over the years I mean you know they had a particular sort of menu and he did things like he, he produced a, a newspaper 
um, which had a, quite a, a lot of money pumped into it. I think it cost like 25 grand an issue or something like that. So there are a lot of things that they would, he was doing, you know, to, to promote the, the business. But um, ultimately, he said he struggled largely because during the winter, they couldn't get enough covers in to um, in the restaurant. So um, there were a limited number of tables, aren't they? So if you don't get enough people coming in, spending money, um, you're not making a huge profit. Whereas in the summer, they made all their money. But then last summer, we had loads of lockdown restrictions and he was hit by plans for the Euros when he was, you know, going to be selling loads and loads of tickets. And then the government extended the restrictions. And so they were very limited in how many they could come in. Mm. So he, he never really managed to pull himself out of the debt. So, if, you know, a lot of this could be accumulated debt. We don't know how the, what the books look like and how he struggled through the last two years but why is somebody else going to be able to well, someone that you can have a different business plan can't you? you don't have to spend money in the same way you could and also have they'll a, be starting afresh yeah. so they won't have the debts from the last few years That's where they've really struggled sad. it yeah. is it's terribly yeah. sad for, for for christo and for that for the you know the people that ran that pub mm. but but yeah that so new people going in might be employees of the the um you know of the brewery, brewery mm. or it might be as christo was where they can buy the leasehold and run it themselves um mm-hmm. but but either way it will reopen it's just it's closed at you know at this precise moment the the the, the pub is shut but it will be reopening mm. it's not closed even again. even in terms of what you, food you provide so say you've got quite um uh, a um extensive menu offering you know quite expensive food and you know you have a lot of waste because of that you, if you if you're selling things that are cheaper then your you know your overheads are much less it's a you know it's how you run a business really at the end of the day and you know different people will do it in a different way uh, imagine if matt ran a pub and he might have decided it's going to be some sort of gastro cuisine extraordinaire thing with 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 very fancy plates with with lots of like you know very small amounts of food at very high prices and no one goes in there and then you go in there and you sell burgers and chips it's a very different business model and it's just possible that your model might work whereas matt's didn't mm. and that and that's kind highly of highly likely i would have said yeah yeah i would have thought so we'd um, have to lock all the pumps as well to yeah. the beer and all the bottles and you know yeah don't go down the gastro route because the only place for that word is in front of the word enteritis but anyway um, <laughs> but the the fighting cocks uh, is you know so it's terribly sad for the the, the yeah. current team you know and they you know christo put an awful lot of of effort into the fighting cocks and, yeah, and he it, sold he his must, house to put you know money into it so yeah you know you know very and, sad and and you know it's going to be now he's going to be in a personal situation of like working out what's next and where to go and what to do and, and things like that that's going to be really tough but but as t- in terms of the the asset in St Albans of the Fighting Cocks, it, it isn't gone. It, it will be back in some shape or form. Mm. And, mm. and I'd imagine in the not too distant future, they're not going to want it sat empty for long. No. Mm. So, uh, or sitting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, pedantry corner here. <laughs> Was that wrong? Was it sat? Um, I think sitting empty would turn actually the right way isn't it grammatically correct i'll go back and edit it and then i'll make her look silly (laughs) that's what i normally do we'll have more from matt and laura in a moment hi i'm elspeth jackman inviting you to listen to my podcast one to one with elspeth find a local person with a story and i'll be there to draw out all those little details you want to know about if i'm fascinated so will you be Each week I'll be talking to an interesting character who has a tale to tell. And the beauty of it is you can listen whenever you want to. To find the podcast, go to your podcasting platform of choice and search for The St Albans Podcast. Alternatively, 
go to stalbanspodcast.com slash Elspeth. That's One to One with Elspeth, part of the St. Albans podcast in association with the Hearts Advertiser. You never know, you could be my next guest. We're back with Anna from Communities First. Um, Anna, you've got a couple of projects you want to talk to us about this month, haven't you? Yes. Um, so firstly, we have our International NHS Buddies Scheme, which I've briefly mentioned in a previous podcast but we're Mm -hmm. now working within the West Hertfordshire Hospitals NHS Trust which is Watford, St Albans and Hemel Um, and we've got more international nurses arriving over the coming weeks and we need volunteer buddies to help them settle in. St Albans volunteers are great in the fact that you can help show them around town because one of our day trips that we do is around St Albans so we bring them to St Albans to see the cathedral park and shops and it'd be great to have some St Albans people to actually show them around um, and buddy with them. We also have other day trips including Oxford and Cambridge as well as days out in London so volunteers get to go on those days out with our buddies as well. So what sort of uh, what sort of person are you looking for for this? Who could uh, who could help with this? Um, Anyone really, anyone who's friendly, who's sociable, who'd like to help are these nurses that are coming from multiple countries um, into the UK. They've never been to the UK. So anyone that can give a little bit of time to help them feel a little bit more settled into the area, maybe meet for a coffee and a catch-up, maybe on the telephone call um, and come out on our days out, um, in introducing them to places and helping them to familiarise with the local customs. Um, so it's literally anyone can volunteer. He's got a little bit of time around work, so it could be something you do um, on top of as an extra over the weekend as if you want to volunteer. So you can work and volunteer as well. Is there a minimum or a maximum age on this uh, particular opportunity? Um, I think we're open to... Um, application so if you're 16 upwards um contact us and we can we can have a discussion um see if it's right for you okay and 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 no particular specific background uh in i don't know languages or in in nursing or or anything like that nothing required obviously it's if you've got a language you speak and it's one of our nurses' languages, that's always welcoming and friendly, but there's no specific requirements. They're added extras, they're bonuses. Okay. Now, what about if you've got some people maybe who've... Because I imagine some of the people who've got time on their hands might be those who are not working for, for various mm-hmm. reasons. Uh, but but one of the limitations on those people might actually be, I mean, it, it, to put it bluntly, might be money. And they might think, oh, I don't know if I can afford to go on a day out or I don't know if I can afford to go out for coffee and meet people. Is that is that a genuine barrier or are people not understanding how this works? A lot of volunteering, your expenses are covered. Um, so with us at Communities First, we cover expenses. Um, obviously, your day trips would be covered. They run on our minibuses, so you wouldn't have to pay anything to go on to those. Um, obviously, there's uh, we pay a certain set amount for lunch and for coffee, etc. Um, but without going into details, that would be conversations we had. But in general, 
reasonable um, volunteering expenses are covered, including driving mileage um, for for some aspects as well. Okay, so so if you were um, if if part of this role, you were you were meeting somebody for a coffee within reason, that would even be covered as well. If it's a, I'm guessing you know if it's a a coffee shop in the town centre, that'd be covered. If you try to take them to the Ivy for lunch, probably not. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, so that's the International NHS Buddies Scheme. Um, and again, people can contact you if they want to find out more. And the contact details, we'll put those uh, in, in, they're in the description of this podcast episode right now and also on our website at stalbanspodcast.com. Now, you have one other scheme that you wanted to tell us about as well, yes. one other project. Yeah, so we run a project called the Inspire Programme, which is an online careers resource aimed at Key Stage 4 children who are choosing their A-levels to help them link their current studies with their future careers. It's a web page of mentoring videos from professionals across different fields that schools can subscribe to for a year of access. So we're looking at... um, for schools that would be interested in in subscribing that but we're also on the lookout for new careers talks for an inspire program so if you if anyone from local businesses in the community would like to take part and deliver and careers talk about how you got into your career or what it took what skills you've learned from your career anything that is there to help inspire um, young people to get into that chosen path, um, then please get in touch with us at inspire at communitiesfirst1st.org.uk. Okay, uh, thank you for that as well. And again, um, the, the sort of a, a very uh, brief summary and the details and the, the, the contact info and all the stuff you would need that, that has been mentioned by Anna um, on this show. Uh, it's all in the podcast uh, episode description right now. Uh, and you can also see it on our website at stalbanspodcast.com. Uh, Anna, thank you so much for joining us once again. And uh, we look forward to hearing from you around about the same time next month. <laughs> One more news story now from Laura and Matt. What have we got? Well, it's the market. Brilliant news! It is the charter market. Thanks, Laura. After, you know, after a long-fought campaign, uh, an extensive investigation by this newspaper, the uh, news was revealed this week that um, there will be a mix of the traditional stalls, which haven't been seen for the best part of two years, um, gazebos if people want them, and they will be put up by council staff. And um, everybody is really happy. It may even be able to make the market into a charity so it doesn't operate in the same way. Mm. But this is, you know, this is brilliant news. I mean, you remember how much, well, you, how much we've talked about this over the last few years um, and how it was presented as, you know, a fair company some time ago. Yeah. Um, but this is, you know, a proper, you know, cross-party decision by the council it's to all thanks to the hearts a lot people of are high-fiving us the in the sad. street aren't they Matt? they've said until we got involved everything was going to go in the direction of a self-erected gazebo market but now they've had this u-turn and some and trader alice young said the hearts ad gave traders the opportunity to speak up and to be listened to properly it demonstrates how important freedom of speech and freedom of the press are in safeguarding democracy right. and i couldn't agree more could you no not anymore yeah and, and, Thanks, no one, and no one mentioned the St. podcast once in that. 
and what we did for well obviously that you know there's a lot of back slapping behind the scenes and you know high-fiving and you were there on you know on the list of honours. No really? checks, exchanging yeah. hands on Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, so in other words, that translates as no one mentioned it at all. Thank you. Um, but uh, yes, yeah, so, so basically when, when this all sort of started a couple of years ago, this was, am I right in thinking that this was actually the, the whole idea of the gazebos was like a, a, a consultation. It was like a pilot thing. It was a... It's supposed to be. But, but it was very much presented as a fait accompli. It was even yeah. reported on by some that, that it had already been decided that, yeah. that there had been votes and it had been approved. And, and then like at the end of all of this, debacle it's going to go back to how it was before although it is worth pointing out that people that the people that want gazebos can still have them yeah which is the best of both worlds really you know there will be some that that like the you know the way they look and can trade from there and they will be able to keep them but isn't that how it was before because i remember helping a few years ago with the sustainable st albans week they had a market stall and it had to be a gazebo because all the all all the, the 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 metal ones mm. were all allocated yeah. and and there were a, a certain number of pitches where you could have a gazebo and we had a gazebo instead and that was four years ago so they they clearly had the they clearly did this before maybe there are now more pitches for gazebos than there were previously but it's not that's not i think that might be the case you know right. they have um they've sort of changed the way the, the layout of the market and everything but you know, it's not a bad thing by any stretch of the imagination. You okay. know, on a on a related thing as well. Do we know anything more about the other markets? Like, because it wasn't that long ago, was it? When the uh, was it the, the vintage the market, vintage and markets, the vegan market? They were well, cancelled, yeah. and then one of them <clears throat> was reinstated, and then it was that it was. Well, that was all to do with the bid. The bid cancelled them, but now uh, they've been renewed. Hopefully, we'll see uh, some sort of constructive response on that because didn't didn't you report that the responsibility went back to the council but was or was it just for that month that was just a temporary thing so they're looking at long-term solutions so now hopefully we you know we'll get an answer on that okay mm. so so that will be back with the bid mm. all right great stuff well thank you for that thank you for for your um pioneering and diligent reporting on this and and, and getting nothing the... like a bit of self-congratulation well it's not it's me congratulating you you've made it quite clear <laughs> now that, that this is a very separate thing that it wasn't the St Albans podcast it was the Hearts Advertiser I, I try to see this as one big happy Thanks, family Danny. sorry to interrupt you there I had too much coca-cola is that what it was again yeah. I'm sorry about that um anyway uh yeah it's um you know yeah no i I was congratulating you saying you know well done for for doing this because it's it's part of what being serious it's it's part of what local journalism is it's part of the the role of a local newspaper you hold you hold local authority to account you report on what's happening and you you provide a platform and voice for the different sides of arguments in local issues absolutely Um, so uh, so well done for for your your involvement in that that yeah that was meant most sincerely But also, don't forget that we help out a little bit. Anyway, uh, that's it for another edition of the St Albans Podcast. Thank you to Laura and to Matt. If you want to know more about the pioneering work of the Hearts Advertiser, check out their website, heartsad.co.uk. Uh, also thank you to uh, Peter Kelleher uh, for telling us all about the St Albans land train and to uh, Anna from Communities First on next week's uh, show we have our health correspondent Alan Bellinger here with us coming up later this week we've got the St Albans film guide with Chris Aikman on Friday and then on Sunday there is the another edition of the Dagenham Street Baptist Church virtual service with Simon Carver and on Monday one to one with Elspeth find out more about us on our website stalbanspodcast.com and we're on the social medias don't you know we are on facebook twitter and insta thingy instagram and it's uh, at st albans podcast thanks for listening to this edition of the st albans podcast with danny smith 
If you've enjoyed this podcast, please rate, review and subscribe on Apple Podcasts or a podcast platform of your choice. This will help us reach more listeners. Join us, the St. Albans Podcast, next Wednesday for more news, views and reviews. In the meantime, commit no nuisance. Produced by Samantha Rolfe. Logo and artwork by David Ellis. This is an independent production in association with the Hearts Advertiser. If you would like to become a community partner or a sponsor of the podcast, please visit stalbanspodcast.com for more details.